What time is it? Listening to another episode of Music and We. I am Jamila. And I'm Jesse, also known as Jester. Yeah, looking like a fashion model. Look at you. talking about that today podcast today is going to be about the politics the politics of a tunic no. <laughs> <laughs> a politics nice. of princes tunics and and lace fronts and glasses and because <laughs> <laughs> while i think everything is political prince has hundreds of songs that have been recorded so we cannot talk about every single Prince song. Michael, in comparison, in terms of overt political songs, has really only had a handful, so we can't focus on Michael too much. I did want to mention a few things. <laughs> <laughs> there is a song called Political Song for Michael Jackson to Sing, and it was by the band The Minutemen. I was in the punk rock, so I was really into bands like the Minutemen and other groups who had very strong anti-racist alliances. They came out in 1985 on the album Double Nickels on the Dime. Bands like Minutemen, who were openly anti-racist, anti-fascist, and in many cases anti-capitalist. They had this song where they really did want Michael Jackson to sing it. Political song for Michael Jackson to sing. <laughs> and I was looking and saw that someone had posted the song on Lipstick Alley. If anyone knows anything about Lipstick Alley, it's very clear that song would not be understood. And my hunch was correct. I decided to click on the link and people were going, what is this? They were scratching their heads and basically saying, you people are weird. Why would you do a song like this? <laughs> so the lyrics to the song, <laughs> list monitors are British iron-fisted philosophy. Is your life worth a painting? Is this girl versus boy with different symbols? Being born is power. Scout leader Nazi tagged this big sin. Your wrist chains me hostage. Me, I'm fighting with my head. I'm not ambiguous. I must look like a dork. <laughs> but it's Miniman. The songs are really quick and kind of jolty. Mike Watt did an interview, and he was a bass player in the Minutemen. He talked about how they really wanted to give Michael Jackson the song. 
They went to Michael's management and never heard back from anything. Understandably, <laughs> I don't think Michael Jackson would ever sing a song. Not like at that. all. <laughs> Organizing the Boy Scouts for murder is wrong. <laughs> Ten years beyond the big sweat point. Man, it was still there ever without you coming back around. Look, coming together just for a second, a peak, a guess. At the wholeness, it's way too big. <laughs> I don't think Michael Jackson would even grasp the lyrical content of this song, to be honest, <laughs> in terms of making a song around it. I don't even know how many people who are Michael Jackson fans are even into the Minutemen. <laughs> but I wanted to open with that. And I also wanted to know that Michael Jackson's songs that are overtly political tend to be guided by his personal struggles. And that is a very interesting point. If you look at the History album, <laughs> They Don't Care About Us was guided by what was going on with him at the time. This time around, of course, was about his personal struggles. You have DS or TS, Tom Snedden, let's keep it real. Even though there were some political references, it was still about this person who was haunting him for years. He had so many songs. Money, I would say, is one of the only songs on that album, which you could say was not guided by his personal struggles. But you could tell it still was. And I think Money is going to always be one of his more controversial songs. Because it's a song people miss. People focus on they don't care about us. But he's talking about these structures exploiting land, these structures exploiting labor, and the individuals and families who profit off of this exploitation. What other Michael Jackson songs are really delving deep into subject matter like that? Exactly. Definitely one of his most political songs. He goes into it. He's name dropping people, too. Exactly. He says, he mentions Donald Trump. And lest we forget, he was quote-unquote friends with Donald Trump, right? People love to mention that. Especially ah, take that and rewind <laughs> it back. <laughs> oh, he was friends with Donald Trump. He would support Donald Trump. Okay, sure, if you insist. <laughs> then he mentioned Donald Trump, J.P. Morgan, Getty. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Many of these figures who have exploited labor and land and have supported enslavement of African people in some capacity, be it the prison system, be it the labor system. (laughs) It's just so amazing that people skip this song. They don't talk about it. They might skip the song when they listen to the album and focus on they don't care about us. People are saying, oh, see, that's the song that got him killed. Uh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's what they say about Prince as well. This is a song that got him killed. You haven't been following these people's lives in terms of their musicianship and their artistry. If you think this one song was the one that targeted them, it was a lot more that got him targeted. <laughs> Just funny to see how people are so reactionary based on these conspiracy theories they haven't necessarily studied. They're just looking on the internet and it's really easy to click on something, read through it, and just go to something else. People do not do deep study of things in this day and age. It's very sad. Absolutely true. People just 
take the surface. You got to put your scuba gear on. (laughs) (laughs) The one song I would say that Michael also gets deep is Shout. Yes. And And that that leads me to the lyrics because, you know, you you definitely um, mentioned that song to me and I had not heard the song in a long time because... You know, it's not a well-known song in the Michael discography. I mean, it's isn't it a B-side to Cry, if I'm not mistaken? Yes, it is. Yes. Okay, now Cry came on Invincible. Invincible was during a time where Michael was protesting Sony. So in the aspect of history, you know, a lot of that information is missed. But this is one of his most political songs. So here are some of the lyrics. Ignorance of people purchasing diamonds and necklaces and barely able to keep the payments up on their lessons and enroll in the class and don't know who the professor is, how long people go for the dough and make a mess of things. I should mention also, it's interesting how the production of this song, you can't really hear what he's saying. It's a lot of like, it's just, it's not as clear as usual. You know, Michael usually has his vocals pretty um, loud in the mix, at least where you can hear it. Whereas when I just heard this song recently and I didn't have headphones in, so this might be partially the reason but it was just like wait what wait 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 what 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 what, what you saying huh? Huh? so i had to look at the lyrics because i didn't know what he was saying and totally but still the chorus is a bit more clear kids are murdering other kids for the fun of it instead of using their mind or their first they put a gun in it want to be a part of a clique don't know who's running it tragedy on top of tragedy you know it's killing me so many people in agony this shouldn't have to be too busy focusing on ourselves and not his majesty there has to be some type of change for this day and age we got to rearrange and flip the page living in case like animals and cannibals eating each other alive just to survive the nine to five listen every single day is trouble while we struggle and strive peace of mind is so hard to find i want to shout throw my hands up and shout what's this madness all about <laughs> and this makes me want to shout you know it makes me want to shout throw my hands up and shout Problems and complications and accusations, defining the nations and rages of empty faces. A war is taking place. No substitution for restitution. The only solution for peace is increasing the height of your spirituality. You listen to that? <laughs> I like that. No substitution for restitution. The only solution for peace is increasing the height of your spirituality. Masses of minds are shrouded, clouded visions, deceptions, and indecision. No faith or religion, how we're living. The clock is ticking. The end is coming. Now, this is the Jehovah's Witness coming out. No, I'm joking. <laughs> there'll, be, there'll be no warning, but we live to see the dawn. How can we preach when we all make this world to be as a living hell torturing our minds? We all must unite to turn darkness to light, and the love in our hearts will shine. We are disconnected from love. We're disrespecting each other. Whatever happened to protecting each other, poison your body and your soul for a minute of pleasure. But the damage that you've done is going to last forever. Babies being born in the world already, drug addicted and afflicted. Family values are contradicted. Ashes to ashes and dust to dust. The pressure is building and I've had enough. I want to shout. Throw my hands up and shout. What's this madness all about? Wow. You know, just reading those lyrics again, it's like, whoa, I didn't realize he was going on this level. I mean... When you read it and not, I mean, I guess that's why I love reading it rather than listening to it as a writer, I guess, too, because the words just pop out. And it's like he was going in. He's talking about spirituality and living to the dawn. Hmm. May we all live to see the dawn, like Prince was saying. (laughs) (laughs) And he's been saying that since 86, maybe before. Anyway, yeah. Exactly. And another one of Michael's overtly political songs 
is also done towards the end of his, quote, official recording career in terms of creating albums, we've had enough. We've had enough. I I think it is interesting to see that he started recording more of these more overt political songs talking about mass organization and not focused on his personal struggles so much. Mm. Even though he was doing it at the time, he was battling with Sony. I love it. (laughs) And I don't know how many people are discussing this. And there was a comment, a lot of comments. I read comments. People say, this was the song, again, that got him targeted. This is why he was banished from the U.S. And I said, okay. When I see stuff like that, I tend to leave it alone. But for some reason, I want to respond to some of them to say, okay, let's actually look at context in this whole thing. So I do want to mention what I wrote to someone. And I mentioned that Michael actually was not banished from the U.S. He still had citizenship for the U.S. He just made the decision not to be here, understandably. (laughs) If anyone ransacked the place that you called home, quote unquote, you would not want to be there, which is why he had nothing to do with Neverland at a certain point when they totally searched her house and it was associated with something that was horrible. Would you want to be there? No, of course not. So I mentioned artists who actually were banished from their countries for their political beliefs and the music they made. So Gilberto Gil, Miriam Makeba, Hugh Masekela, RIP to both of them. And I said, Michael returned to the States in the last part of his life, so he definitely wasn't banished. Invincible is actually one of my favorite albums by MJ, and it definitely was promoted by radio and a huge television special featuring a song or two from the album. That's another thing. People say, oh, Sony didn't promote it. Sony, oh, they It's like, okay, can we look at the context of that, please? <laughs> I don't like Sony as much as you don't, but we got to look at context of what happened. I said, it just wasn't heavily promoted by pop radio. And this is the other thing. A lot of Michael fans look at him from the pop status, but they don't look at the rest of us who actually grew up with him and still supported him over the years. And we didn't, uh, the music that we did did not have access to pop radio. So that's the perspective that I'm coming from when talking about this. Songs from the album definitely were played by soul slash R&B slash AC or adult contemporary stations at the time. I remember hearing from folks used to his more pop themed songs that the album was too soulful. The other thing is that the album went past the budget doled out by Sony and they wanted him to tour the album, and he refused to, thereby putting the stops to major promotion. Then September 11th happened, and that changed everything, not just for how Invincible was promoted, but for the industry as a whole. Anyone, and especially MJ, should have known not to put faith in record companies. He worked for Motown as a child, so he knew how scammy the business was. He tried to get a seat at the table, but they were always going to exploit labor. Michael was just an employee to exploitative XX. He realized that far too late. To me, it's not about people in the U.S. being too judgmental, because that's another argument. Oh, people in the U.S. Right. just don't know how right, good right. he was. <laughs> Get out of here. The very foundation of the U.S. is exploitation, be it Come the record industry, the prison system, or the government. This is a huge component of what the History album is about. 
So the same people addressing the Invincible album do not address history because he addressed those same issues. My lord, <laughs> you are, look, if I had some money in my pocket and you was at the pulpit, I would be one of those people to come up and just put the money right on the. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about this stuff was not Michael's first go-round. Michael was still selling records for Sony at the rates they wanted, so he could sing all the political songs he wanted, except for if the Minutemen wanted to give it to him. <laughs> By the time Invincible rolled around, he outlived his usefulness as a good worker for the boss, so they didn't put that much energy into him. Michael made the mistake of thinking he had enough leverage there, but capitalism does not care about what you did in the past. Are you benefiting us now? People would disagree with me, but Michael was as expendable as any other Sony artist. He wasn't targeted because he was Michael Jackson. They stopped the focus on him because he was draining their ability to profit off of him. Nothing new. Once 1991-92 rolled around, they supported him less and less because he was a liability due to the controversies which followed him. Remember how black or white got banned? But he was still selling records and tours. They got what they wanted out of him when he sold half the ATV catalog, eventually selling off 75% of the shares. Why else would they need him? Sony now owns 100% of ATV. Context is really important. I see a lot of comments about Michael not getting his support behind Invincible, but the situation was a long time coming if you study his relationship with CBS and then Sony. He's always had battles with that company. He stopped being a golden child long before 2001. So that's my response for all of this. People that's focus on this response. small portion of his career. Context. Context. Happened, past, context. Past, future. Can't just go on what happened. You got to go on. It's always just as easy as that. Past, present, future. History. We even did it. It's like you said. Like, come on. It's just look at it for what it is. Yeah. And with the song Money, the names he does mention, and again, they're kind of muddled and you can't hear it. You got to listen closely, either with a good system or some good headphones. So he mentions Vanderbilt, Morgan, Trump, Rockefeller, and Carnegie. Some people said, well, you know, he's just praising them for, you know, earning money with dignity. Are you kidding me? If you studied any of these dudes, you know they exploited labor. You know they supported the stealing of land. You know they were racist. Mm -hmm. the, the Carnegie Library has nothing to do with the masses getting educated. Sure, that's a cover-up, but how many people who, who actually have access to proper education if you go to these institutions? It's not about education being the great equalizer to these people, to these societies, to these institutions. If you look at the context of the song, and then Michael says, earn it with dignity and then mentions these names sure if you took a, a very very out casual <laughs> look at the lyrical content you could go okay earn it with dignity and then he mentions these names yeah they earn money with dignity they they earned it by working hard but it's not true they earned it by exploiting people so i really don't think michael was praising rockefeller jp no. morgan so now we have J.P. Morgan Chase, right? So banks are exploiting people by giving you subprime mortgages and making you have to sell your house. You have to look at the connection, the history of these corporations and these individuals and the family dynasties that are continuing to profit 
off of people's labor and exploitation. So I really don't think Michael was praising anyone in money. I just wanted to name those individuals he named properly. Yes. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, I think Michael did have a handful of overtly political songs, but in comparison to Prince, it's just a raindrop in the midst of a river. <laughs> Ooh, there you go. We were in, pre- in preparation for this. We had to really go through a list. I mean, and we're not still going to get to all of it. So just understand that. And you, you must you must forgive me. I have been sick, but that doesn't mean I can't work. Where did it go? Let's work. Let's work. Let's work. Work is what you love. The job is what you do to pay the bills. So I don't know about that. I'm going to work because, no, I'm going to my job. (laughs) Right. I'm going to my job. I like that. Oh, my job. This is just for a check. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So Michael and Prince, they did what they loved, but aspects of it, given they were working with record companies, they didn't like it. It ended up being a job at some point. (laughs) Let's keep that real, too. People think, oh, being a celebrity and making music and getting record deals is glamorous. It's not. We should we should have learned from Prince already and, and Michael. And we still ain't learning. You're going to sign to these 360 deals. Well, well I don't know. Golden parachute. <laughs> Do you want to? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we got this list of songs. And I'm sure... Over time, we're going to come up with a couple more. But I think we got a good list of Prince songs. And perhaps there'll be a time where we do focus a little more on Michael's political songs. But again, if we're going to focus on this, Michael, a a raindrop in a river. (laughs) So Prince is the river of political songs. And we're going to address that right now. (laughs) So we got free, (laughs) Jesse. What do you think about that? I think Free is an incredible song. (laughs) Um, You know, Prince is really interrogating the whole idea of what it means to be free or just to appreciate that you're free because there are plenty of people who aren't. I love the passion in the song. You know, it's one of those songs that he played a lot towards the end, too, it seemed. He was getting back into... Well, actually, maybe not as often, but... He did play it, I believe, in 2013. And oh, really? Yeah, with that girl, Live Out Loud tour. If I'm not sense. mistaken, I could That be. makes sense. Yeah. I could hear it. Soldiers are marching. They're writing brand new laws. Will we all fight together for the most important cause? <laughs> so, yeah. I love would that. You, yeah. Would you declare that as being pro-America? I would say that there are some nationalistic nuances, but I don't necessarily see it as a pro-American song. It's definitely not like the song America, because <laughs> that's the song where he's really challenging on all fronts. You can't deny that one. I think sometimes he did take a satirical approach to how he would address these topics, but he was still very clear in where he stood on the matter. Yes. Absolutely. And it sounds like America. I think it's crucial to understand the satirical nature based on 
the class dynamics and the class distinctions and the notion of class which is being critiqued in the song and the first lyric aristocrats on a mountain climb making money losing time and then he talks about communism is just a word so a lot of people look at communism as being something oh you want to be communist the state's just gonna distribute everything to you it's gonna be rationed out but how prince is looking at it from my perspective let me know if you think the same thing communism is when there are no class distinctions the masses have everything they need all necessities are provided for in a communist society in a socialist society you are moving away from something which is capitalist into communism but it is the middle ground so you do have the state involved in that because you have the vestiges if you will of capitalism still there just like there's still feudalism you pay rent to a landlord that's from the feudalistic era landlord yes. let's come on right come on <laughs> we can go on and on about it so when prince is saying communism is just a word because people are like ah communism eh. but then he says but the government turnover would be the only word that's heard which means the masses are going to rise up Right, and, and that's what it's going to be. Country. That's the word, the only word that's heard. It's not going to so be the alternative. You, what you going to do? What you exactly. going to do? And then if you take it even a step further in the visual aspect, you see a Pan-African flag. And the Nice-France performance. And the yes. Nice-France performance. And yes. it's on YouTube. It's nice quality. You can check it out for your own eyes. And you see clearly, yeah. I mean, Prince was all about the symbols. He wouldn't have it in the video if it wasn't supposed to be there. So And there used look to at be... That not two great copies of that video so it was very dark resolution and you couldn't necessarily see the flag but they're doing these posthumous uploads every friday and america is one of the uploads you very clearly see that pan-african flag so it's not a u.s flag so for prince to have this song with the revolution called the revolution right <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. The Pan-African flag about America. Let's go. <laughs> and you have little sister make a minimum wage. Again, talking about those class distinctions, class disparities. Living in a one-room jungle monkey cage. Can't get over. She's almost dead from probably working 50, 60 hours a week. She may not be in the black, but she's happy Let's she see. ain't in the red. So right. I can pay my bills, but I still got to eat. But my credit card. They're paid on time, you know. I'm not getting too much in debt, but I'm still trying to survive, living check trying to, to check. Trying to survive, living check to check. Yeah. How exactly is this praising America? And he has, and then so you listen so. to the chorus, and he's singing it in a way, you know, the minor and major factor. So you, America, America. It sounds happy, but it's like no, right? No, 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 no. There's right. no reason to be happy because there are people dying because of the policies. And then he talked about Jimmy nothing. Went to school. They made a pledge allegiance, said it wasn't cool. So you could say that's uh, Colin Kaepernick at this point, right? Right. (laughs) 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 Nothing made Jimmy proud, but now Jimmy live on a mushroom cloud. So either Jimmy got drafted to fight a war that someone else is profiting off of, or he actually is in a place where there are nuclear bombs and he got murdered by this nuclear bomb. You can look at it either way, but it was unwilling for him. He did not pledge allegiance to this flag. 
said, it's not cool. The country cool. ain't do nothing for me. I'm still living in poverty. What's this country doing? Yeah, what's this country up? doing? <laughs> Freedom, love, joy, peace. You can look at 1999. Mommy, why does everybody have a bomb? And he goes, and the bomb go boom. And the bomb goes boom. Theme, running yeah. theme and press on. End of the song, teacher, why won't Jimmy pledge allegiance since the guitar's going out? And then you listen to the 21-minute version of America. It's just a jam. It's a jam. Just yeah. a jam. He played it until the track went out. Just the jam. There it is. The track went out in 22 minutes. There All right, LP over. We still jamming. So I just am wondering how people could interpret this as being, quote, pro-America or giving some sort of praise at the state of the condition of the U.S. Uh, I'm not seeing where people are seeing that correlation. Uh, with free, you know, it, it's a little bit, uh, it's not as clear, so people can interpret it any other way. But to me, this is very o- overtly a critique, a piece of satire, and I think Prince was pretty good at satire. Oh, yeah, for <laughs> sure. He was very good at it. <laughs> And this, this does Yes, yeah, there it is. This reminds me of the Swamp Dog song, God Ain't Blessing America. I think you can pair them side by side. If you haven't heard that, it's Swamp Dog with two G's, God Ain't Blessing America. <laughs> those very things. It talks about the notion of invading a country. It talks about class disparities. It talks about many of the other things that Prince is talking about here, except Ronnie Bliss in America was a number of years earlier. <laughs> Swamp Dog is another person that does satire very, very well. <laughs> <laughs> but the Pan African flag, you have to understand <laughs> that Prince, pe- people want to make him, what were you saying, a unicorn? Yeah, the unicorn Prince. People oh, want to make him, people want to make him. Raceless, classless, and in a perfect society, sure, yeah, that would happen. But I think at a certain point, Prince even realized that couldn't happen in the state of affairs that existed in this country. And he started being overtly <laughs> in opposition to those ideas because of the realization. Even with America, again, he had the Pan-African flag. He understood that he was African in America. He very clearly understood that, which is why he made songs in the way he did and wrote them and at some point published them. <laughs> you have, <laughs> even with Mountains, which is my favorite personal revolution song, there's a one line, Africa divided. So he was talking about the state of apartheid that was existing in Azania, South Africa. So even in a song like Mountains, which is more of a overtly spiritual song he had to include that it's very clear these messages were important to him and to say yeah. well you know that stuff when he was in the revolution he was just making pop songs and he just Mm-mm. wanted no. to bring the society where listen matter and listen. you are listen. disrespecting his you're work. disrespecting him because he had it in there for a reason prince was very clear it's not okay to just act as if he was just this unicorn who floated, who never talked about anything that mattered. In <laughs> <laughs> context is important. Past, present, and yes, future. Always. You can't Absolutely. just look at... I mean, it's fun. 
I mean, as a historian, I love history, and it's fun when you can see the different ways. Oh, he said that because it came with that or this or whatever it is. You know, like those are the important necessities. So yeah, absolutely. And that's Mountain. So that's '86. Yeah. Now we haven't even talked about. See, Prince has a lot of songs in every album. There are references of um, some political point of view, and so. And even if they have one line in it, for instance, The Future, which is my favorite song on the yeah. Batman soundtrack. Yeah, the Future and it will be. One line. Come on. One line, which has it deserving of being on this list. Systematic overthrow of the class. Come on. Come on. Systematic <laughs> overthrow the underclass. <laughs> I even like that he added the, the flash and he said, Hollywood conjures images of the past. Mm -hmm. So don't be confused now. This is the same thing. <laughs> I've Woo. seen the future and it will and be. And it will be. <laughs> seen the future and I've it seen works. seen the future and it works. If there's life after we will see, so I can't go like a jerk. I can't go like a jerk. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that one line even if it's one line he, he has to have some kind of commentary in it i love when I artists that. do that and you don't necessarily see that in pop music too much and yeah. given that pop music was not something prince did often especially after he left Warner brothers he mm -hmm. had to get it in where he could fit it in and you That's had songs right. like 1999 <laughs> which clearly had an anti-war anti-militarism sentiment Mommy, why does everybody have a bomb? <laughs> yep. Why does everybody have a bomb? Every, everybody. He said everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and so that makes me think, could Prince really look into the future? Because now everyone's talking about you're going to take my guns away. Everybody should have a gun. Right. Right. <laughs> Same question. Second Amendment. Second Amendment. Second Amendment. <laughs> Now we have to protect ourselves from what? Each other? We're all sitting exactly. now? Exactly. I'm certainly not anti-gun. What I'm saying is that what is wrong with having the same process of getting a gun as you do for a driver's license? Why are people opposed to this? Yeah. You need to be trained to drive a car. Why are Can't people you opposed be to trained, trained to, to shoot? To hold, right. You should this be makes trained. Sense. Because just like cars, accidents happen with guns. Probably more yeah. so. People don't know what they're doing. Because they're not paying attention. Right. <laughs> All of this and consumerism then, ain't no creating. Don't get right. it <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and you look at who's lobbying this. The NRA, Woo. who has historically been racist. So when John Crawford III was shot with a BB gun that he had not yet purchased, he was talking to his partner over the phone about getting a BB gun for their son. Some guy makes a false police report and gets someone murdered. And Ohio is an open carry state. But did you see NRA go, oh, Can't say nothing. Uh-uh. No. Nope. nope. No. The NRA always ignores when it's a person of color. They don't say nothing. Nothing. So, yeah. <laughs> Mommy, why does everybody have a gun? Just think about that. 
I was dreaming when I wrote this. <laughs> so forgive me if it goes astray. And yeah. You could also, I feel like being a Jehovah's Witness was something in line for Prince's future anyway, because some of the lyrics did match that even when he wasn't. <laughs> when I woke up this morning, I could have sworn it was Judgment Day. The sky was all purple. There were people running everywhere trying to run from the destruction, and you know I didn't even care. I mean, <laughs> right. I just feel like that's out of the watchtower. <laughs> the watchtower. Yeah, he has a lot of references. He he pretty much saw himself becoming this anyway. It was kind of used as a a way to be like, well, you know, I was young back then, and I said things that. <laughs> but um. Yeah, it, but it was always both. He's always merged both. It's never just right. kind of been one thing. It's always two. Gemini. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Life is just a party, and parties weren't meant to last. So I think that is the most interesting line out of the song, because people you know, look at people using substances to stay up for long periods of time. Well, it happens. You die out. Either physically or mentally, you get tired. Things are not meant to last forever in this life. And we always want to be partying or escape whatever pain we're going through. But you still have to drop through the brick wall in order to get to the other side. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so with never-ending war and invasions, you're not solving anything. All right. you're doing is wasting money. With you're wasting smelly, money, smelly you're wasting your life. Yeah. I mean, let's also add to the fact of trauma. <laughs> I mean, right. you know, you can't just experience something. That's the thing. Death is kind of, I feel, for me, it can be actually joyful to think of it. Because if you're giving so much, if you're working, if you're, I mean, if you're just doing anything, you're definitely putting out energy. And if you keep doing that, it's going to weigh down. It's going to catch up with you, too. And eventually, if you so imagine putting your life's work into things that you love doing instead of the things mm -hmm. that are just taking something away from you, then when you die, you don't you're not really, you know, you're like, all right, this is this is time now. You know, I've done a lot. Yeah. I can go. But if you're just being snatched from that because you're forced to just work, then right. there's no glory. It's just like, damn, that's how you die. It, it don't yeah. have to be like that. Yeah. Yeah. This this song actually reminds me of two things. That sounds Prince, he was our Nostradamus for so <laughs> Because nineteen ninety-nine people were freaking out at the Y two K thing. So <laughs> everyone's like, Well I have to do all these things because uh, everything's gonna crash. Y two K, Y two K and it's just 2000, zero, zero, party over, it was out of time. Then I'm going to party like it's 1999. Oh, Y2K, 2000, everything's going to crash. And then I'm thinking of this other song by the Florida Kids. So this was, of course, done during the rise of the Nazis. It's called Hitler Blues. And the basis of the song was like, woman, you and me better get together before Hitler kills us all. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who sings that? Hitler Blues? The was Florida it? Kid. And I actually have the 78 of it, and it's cracked, but I love it. It's, I actually, interestingly, made a ceramic piece inspired by that song. 
and I don't have it anymore. But he said, "Hello, here's a bird, bird." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's called Hitler Blues, and so it reminds me of this wars all around us. My mind says, "Prepare to fight." So if I gotta die, <laughs> listen to my body tonight. <laughs> so. Uh-huh. It's just, let's have fun. We all going to die. So there's that satirical aspect again, a little bit of irony. But it's obviously anti-war and anti-militarism. And then you go, mommy, why does everybody have a bomb? If you didn't yeah. come to party, don't bother knocking on my door. I got a line in my pocket and babies ready to war. Everybody's got a bomb. We could all die any day before I let it happen. I'll dance my life away. And there's also the movie, They Shoot Horses, Don't They? Which... I'm wondering, I, there's always a direct reference to when people write these songs. And I wonder if, if uh, They Shoot Horses, Don't They was a direct reference or inspiration. I really feel like this is some kind of direct link to that song. I don't know. Again, I'm not in Prince's brain. But I, it just reminds me of various things of that yes. case. Party up! Party TV up! nineteen <laughs> Because you got to party up, right? We don't want war. Like, just... But 1999 is saying, well, if we're going to die, if there's war, let's party. They're going to kill us anyway, but party up. It's like, no, we're having the, the, the party to fight war. And so you had a lot of anarchist parties. And Emma Goldman, a lot of people attribute her to the paraphrase or, quote, dance for the revolution or something like that. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering... Again, was Prince getting his inspiration from that? However, the song was not written by Prince. But I'm wondering if he was inspired by that to be like, I want to do the song. Morris Day, Prince fans probably already know this, Morris Day wrote the song uh, with the band Enterprise. And Prince was like, yo, what, yo, Morris, let me get that song, yo. Yo, B, let me get that song. Morris is like, <laughs> all right, give me a band. He's like, okay, do you go to time? But <laughs> <laughs> Chris is like, yo, I like that, man. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's, to me, a similar theme, but opposite theme, because this is more like, nah, we don't want war. And we want to party up. So you ruining our chances of partying because you want to draft us and you right. want to invade countries. And you got to fight your own up. damn war. We don't want to fight no more. Or in the words of uh, System of the Down, why don't presidents fight the war? They always send the poor. There it is. There it is. What's the rage against the machine? The ones that join forces, uh, the same number of crosses, something to that effect. Killing in the name of. Right. Do what you told you. I actually saw them live on their first tour. It was it was pretty good. That's cool. Was it wearing a badge and your toes in white? I love. So I wanted to say is, and you see the same thing with Prince and a lot of these political bands now. And you also see it in a segment on Saturday Night Live when Eddie Murphy was doing the 
what it's like to be white. I don't know if you ever saw that one when you put on the makeup. Oh, yeah, comes, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She actually looked like Lionel Richie. I was like, <laughs> but, <laughs> but they put on makeup and, oh, white people give each other things for free. The amount of people who did not get the satire in that was I know. hilarious. They're like, see, Eddie Murphy knew who he was talking about. See, black people always play the victims. Like, okay, you just, you know. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> like, y'all really are that racist, the white supremacist, you cannot even see the satire in that clip. Yeah. And then a lot of people were saying, well, see, this is when Saturday Night Live did not go full snowflake in SJW. It's like, uh, well, you haven't been looking at Saturday Night Live then, have you? Because <laughs> they've always had that kind of social commentary. I just think like how people take these older songs and they had a different context when they were made because of the events that happened and now people who are younger are so emotionally fixated either on Trump or something else they look at it from their context even though it has nothing to do with (laughs) their original piece (laughs) and the original piece was the total opposite of their perception of it I just I'm so interested in that right now how people are flipping it around. Like you're seeing a lot of the same things with Prince songs. <laughs> yeah, where people saying America's pro America. Like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there there are several songs which have one liners for Prince. Call my name is another one. Like it's land of the free I love that. I love that he won a Grammy for that song, and they and that lyric is in there. Yeah, he won a Grammy for that. Yeah, best R and B performance, two thousand four. Wow, I didn't know. Land that. of the free. Somebody huh. lies. That you can tap my phone. Right. I just listen to that song. And I think of the John Legend song when it's cold outside. And he attempted to do the same thing, but it did not work. So he talks about um, how there's there's war, because, of course, there was the war in Iraq around that time. Mm-hmm. And he said, basically, because we're in love, I know it'll be all right. And he said, oh, through all the battles in Baghdad and Israel, but we're going to be okay. We're in love. So all that, you know, it just did <laughs> not work in the same way. Wow. <laughs> I like the song, but that line always bothered me because it just seemed, it just seems so naive. Whereas Prince was like, he's like, no, I know they tap on my phone. I know it don't matter. Like what they going right. to see. <laughs> right. <didn't> <laughs> It, it, you can't do what Prince did. I think that I, that John o, John Legend album's great, but yeah, and and he sort of is leaning more on the Democrat side and doesn't really have a critical side when it comes to that. <laughs> so it's exactly, like, that's what it comes out of that's it comes exactly out of that. Right. So I'm like, yeah, uh, you're protesting Bush, <laughs> but not or Obama policies. Okay, have right, a good okay. day. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but Prince is like, yeah, 
America, what? Somebody like, like he already knows. Like he's very yeah, he clear. Knew. He was clear, he's man. Clear where he stands about America, and that's why uh, you look at the history of song. How can people say Prince is saying America's great? You listen to his catalog. He, I don't ever like, remember. Come Prince on, because he, he never said it. He will never say it. <laughs> now he he wrote "Call My Name" in two thousand four. At least that's when he released it. So we ain't even, I mean, we still in the 80s. We didn't even go to the 90s. I mean, Prince has an incredible amount of music, and there's so much. But Family Name, let me just drop this in real quick. Because that's a song a lot of people don't talk about, but Family Name, it tells you everything. Everything you wanted to know. How do people (laughs) miss this song? I looked up lists, just, just to look up lists of what people thought of as Prince's more political songs. People had songs that were more spiritual. And again, I'm a person who thinks everything is political. My personal is political, you know, that, that whole adage. But seriously, if you're talking about overtly political songs, Animal Kingdom is not one of them. Sorry. <laughs> and I'm vegan, so I support that song. Leave your brothers and sisters in the on, sea. Come That's on. Nice. Come on. <laughs> I love it. Dolphin. I Dolphin. love it. But that's that's not going to be up the Dolphin alley. Dolphin is a symbol. It's not supposed to be. That's not political. That's more of a spiritual song for sure. Exactly, exactly. And and dolphins are said to be the rainbow children of the sea. So it's lovely that Prince made a song about dolphins. Yeah. But it's not overtly political in the same way we're talking about here. And for people to include that it makes no sense to me, no. or makes little sense to me, unless you are addressing the fact or opinion i should say that everything is political mm-hmm. but people are not seeing things in that way they're just like well i'm just gonna put the thing we talked about environmental issues sure why not <laughs> <laughs> but leave out family name anyway jesse right well exactly and leave out family name this is where prince family name and the same reign of avalanche you know these two songs interconnectively i mean listen prince is telling you in these songs explicitly first of all black and white is a fallacy <laughs> it's simply another way of saying this is that let's examine the term this is that like, i love family name because it gets into the psychology of words but it also tells the history of how we got our name oh nelson right. means that i'm the son of neil okay so i don't have the freedom to do what now and then he's exposing just the the contradictions and the way we're just seen to um, and then it's like, oh, you might say what you mad about, but you, we, you still got your family name. What we own? What's our name? You know. And then you know, talk about Cassius Clay. I'm gonna uh-huh. leave that whole thing. I mean, <laughs> and I love where he does. You know, he talks about the Akashic Records. This is Thomas Jefferson. My fellow Americans, if there is a just God, we're gonna pay for this. We're going to pay for this. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna pay for this because there's a revolt coming. I love how he channeled Stevie Wonder in that with the Southern voice. I'm just... I know. Oh, I know. Settle down. Settle down. <laughs> <laughs> he had a, such a comical approach to it. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, the just... black and white being a fallacy. I, I love just breaking down of language. And Prince was very much about that. I mean, changing words into numbers. And, right. and as you keep saying, he was all about symbolism. And just the so-called minority. So he's telling you in the song that 
if you even want to say globally, because that's what I say, globally, Europeans are not the majority. What I'm getting him saying is that once people realize that, that's when you're going to rise up and be like, oh, okay. (laughs) How can you have a small number of people who are a global minority have access to stealing most of the world's land? Think about that. There was the Berlin Conference. Study the Berlin Conference and look at how they were, all these European nations were warring, but they got together in the Berlin Conference to say, well, okay, we don't like each other, but we're going to get together in order to divide Africa and steal land. So you get France, you get, I mean, France gets Cameroon, France gets uh, Portugal, you get this. So it... We have to study history before we go, oh, what's he talking about? He racist. Like, there's a historical context behind songs like Family Name. Again, a global minority has somehow gotten together and organized. This is what people don't understand. When you have organization, you have our power. They said, okay, we got to stop warring with each other because we ain't going to have no power like that. So (laughs) we got to get together. So it's just, we have to understand the context of all of this. He says, or the voice, (laughs) 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 this action will cause a reaction or resistance. The source of resistance must be banished. So you look at Haiti. (laughs) Haiti, okay, was the first successful revolution on this side of the world by Africans. So that's what they're talking about here. Look at Algeria. You look at the Algerian revolution against the French. You, there's so many aspects you can look at. And people are talking about, oh, oh, all these, these CIA-funded and promoted revolutions. No, 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 no. That's not a revolution. That's a, that's a coup. <laughs> <laughs> the revolution is done by the people. It ain't. Done by no Reproduction governments. of the new breed leader stand up. <laughs> so yeah, Sorry. we gotta study. We gotta actually study <laughs> revolutionary processes that are done by the people. It says it cannot be assimilated for its very nature of resistance. In other words, you cannot serve two masters. So that's definitely a Jehovah's Witness thing. And even people said that's a, uh, how can you say I pledge allegiance to the flag and also say I pledge allegiance to God? You can't do that. You can't serve two masters. Uh-huh. Can't serve two masters. Can't serve two masters. You are either this or that. Or which that, is not. which is not this. End of part one. <laughs> you continue to select the program. So family name and type in current government. Name you wish history on. This song is one of Prince's most brilliant songs. Yeah, I, I heard this. A, a call to action. This really song, is. and I, and this is a true story. When I heard this album, first of all, it was mind blowing. But this song was the one that really stuck out the most, along with um, the Rainbow Children and the Central Ever After. But I remember I had to go to the library after I heard this song. Yes, that's <laughs> like the whole that's point. the first thing that happened. Yes. I, after I heard, it, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to the local library and look up some names. Let me see what I know about the Cossack Records. Who's Pearl Man? Goldstruck? You know, like I, it just like, it just, <laughs> it opened doors. And I really appreciate it. And this is why I say you can't mention a Prince political song. Like, I mean, America is just loaded with a lot of euphemisms, but just the family name, like he did this song and was performing it regularly. Okay. Yes. 
And yes. people were confused, as so with Avalanche, because Avalanche <laughs> went there too. Right. He called Abraham Lincoln a racist, which is something that a lot of people don't want to say. A lot. Yeah. And I know people to this day that I used to follow, I don't follow them more on Twitter because it's like I don't even need that kind of energy, that would say things like, oh, Abraham Link, oh, he's such a great, I mean, he freed the slave. No, he didn't. And Only he called people. it out clearly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he had nor, he said he was not, nor had never been in favor right. of setting our people free. If it wasn't for the 13th Amendment, we would have been born in slavery. Abraham Lincoln was a racist who said you cannot escape from history. And then he just talked about, he talked about also what happened to the indigenous people in America. Right. Uh, when you think of the snow coming down on the mountain, it landed on wounded knee. Nobody wants to take the weight and when that nobody means white people, by the way, the right. responsibility, <laughs> <laughs> you see, I mean, you talk about the Harlem Renaissance. It's like these are the songs that people skip over. And yes. from what I remember, people tell me when he would do these songs, people will walk out the shows. They didn't like that. Like, What do you mean? Abraham Lincoln races. He freed y'all. What do you mean? So here, here's a point that people should really know. No set of laws created or signed by the enemy is going to free you. Only the people can free a people. Right. People who are enslaved are going to free themselves. Yeah. Ain't no document going to sign. Like, no it's not going to save you because the, the whole point of the document is not to free you. <laughs> so, the, it's the point is to exploit point. you, not free you, not have you take. They want to take you for what you got, what you can offer, what they can make a monetary ticket to. Exactly. They don't care. <laughs> what do you think a birth certificate is, people? Come on. I mean, I'm gonna Come get on, man. Right. Oh, oh, oh. I want to I wanna talk about a couple of things with family names. So, listening to the song, this is orally and not reading the lyrics. This is pleased to meet you, Mr. Pearlman, right? Pleased to meet you, Mr. Goldstruck, right? But when you listen to it, it sounds like, quote, Jewish names. If you just listen yeah, to it. Of course. Of course. <laughs> the it. thing is, if you read the lyrics, though, it's not really addressing it. It's a play on it, mm. but it's, it's not really it, addressing right. no, it. Because totally. even people who have, quote, Jewish names, they still had names that were not their original names. Yeah, yeah. All these people are like, I'm Jewish people. Uh, no, because they don't have their original names either. Yeah, of course. And so I love the play on the names here. Because Mr. Perlman, like he's, he's talking about how people are greedy and profiting off of these resources. It's not really about being Jewish. It, it, it's, it's that prince playing with your mind. Like, we don't give a damn, we just want to jam. It, it's very much along the lines of that, where it's like, oh, see, see, people talk, press talk about how Jewish people is greedy. And no, read the lyrics. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's, he's trying to play with your mind. Because then he's also going, he, he's... <laughs> going like Mr. Goldstruck, but it's supposed yeah. to be like gold blue, or what? He's not saying that. Yeah. And again, totally. if Mel Brooks had his original name, it's not Mel Brooks. Mm -mm. <laughs> right. So, so he's playing along those lines, and I think he's very much aware, being in the industry, that even quote Jewish people do not have their original. They don't names even either. have their original names. Right? But that's their. That's their thing to address like he's addressing african people it's not 
his point to address Jewish people, but he does understand even people who are Jewish do not have their original names either. And I think yeah. that's really the thing he is addressing. People do not have their original names and they've had to assimilate or their whole cultures, their names were taken away from them. Uh, with people who are uh, European and Jewish, yes, some people did have a choice to mm-hmm. change their name, like Mel Brooks. But there are people who came here, their names either were, according to the people who gave them documents, unpronounceable, or they had to change their name in order to assimilate for survival. So this is the case for a lot of people. So all these people, ah, see, no, pay attention to the lyrics, because right. he's not even addressing that. It's a play on that, because he knows how people's minds work. But he's saying, Mr. Gossett is talking about how people who enslaved other people, they profited off the resources that we grew, that we harvested. That's ultimately, right. in my view, what this is about. This is not about no Jewish people. Ah, this is not, no, no. <laughs> so that's just my perspective. And then this is kind of a segue into another song I want to address because family name ends with, and I'm kind of like, oh, why did you end with this? But at the same time, I get it. So he ends with Martin Luther King and the whole I Have a Dream. Like mm-hmm. after that whole song talking about mass revolution and uprising right. and this, keeping them at 1963 prints. Really? <laughs> really, Prince? So that's the one part I'm like, oh, that was so anticlimactic, man. Like, he why would you to. 1963? Now, what, imagine there's a version in the vault where after the guitar solo, it fades out. <laughs> and you only have to hear, um, free at last, free at last, thank God about it. Why couldn't he have the speech where MLK's like, I'm black and I'm proud? Because that speech doesn't exist. Oh, someone told a lie. Why didn't he have that speech? Why you got to end with, like, oh, he didn't look in the dictionary, and they said, they told you black and Well, black. he probably, I, didn't I think a good that. way to do it is because it's a way for people, see, a lot of people won't even, re- all of the stuff we just talked about before we got to Martin Luther King, they ain't hear it, okay? It passed. So they'll say, <laughs> oh, well, they, well, my, well, he had Martin Luther King, and then that's when we say, yeah. But then eight other, you know, nine minutes into the song or six minutes, you forgot the other stuff that was said. That's the stuff <laughs> that's more important. Not the little two second bite, five second bite of Martin Luther King. Like, let's hear the, right. the history. <laughs> so then that would segue into Dreamer. Yeah. <laughs> and Dreamer is one of my favorites because Dreamer tells you I was just listening to that song not long ago and I'm always smiling when I hear it because he's almost admitting to his you know being naive because I think in a sense you know if you're not a student if you're not looking back at history and you're hearing and you're looking at the propaganda America gives you you're going to just oh America's great yeah we we're doing so many wonderful things and you know so he starts off saying you know um I was born raised in the same plantation <laughs> of the United States, of the red, white, and blue. I never knew I was different. See, that's the part that I think that I appreciate him adding that because mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, also he lived in Minneapolis and he's seeing white uh, people uh, all the time, <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, my my friend, you know, he, 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 he grew around with white people too. But he was <laughs> like, um, never knew I was different. So I saw Martin, Dr. King on the balcony lying in a bloody pool. Now, Martin Luther King is important to me. 
to mention because this is a man who promoted nine violent protests. Mm-hmm. You know, he was right. not about right. Malcolm X, although Prince also said, and as trains go by, while Martin sleeps, <laughs> brother Malcolm <laughs> is, awake. is awake. <laughs> ah, so we can have both. Don't think, you know, it's funny because the history class, I knew this as a kid. They would always talk about Martin Luther King, but Malcolm X was always like, oh, no, he was a revolver. He he promoted, you know, beating people and blah, blah, blah. But um, you can have both. But anyway, he says, till Dr. King was on the balcony, lying in the bloody pool, expected so much more from a loving society. A truthful explanation. Psh, you know what? <laughs> I got another conspiracy. I love that. And if it was just a dream, call me a dreamer, too. With more awards and accolades than anyone before or after. 21st century. Oh, what a shame. That race still matters. This is when Obama is in office now. He's See, another thing I should mention on a side note. Laveau. I'm going to mention that song on 2010. Mm-hmm. Because that's another political jab at Obama. Where he says, <laughs> revolution time has come today. Because we've seen a black face to see the same decay. And I think that's the saying, you know, oh yeah, Obama's the first black president. Uh-huh. Same stuff. <laughs> a race to what? And where are we going? We're in the same boat, but I'm the only one rowing. Last time I checked, you were sleeping. <laughs> you can call me a dreamer, too. Peanut butter logic served on the bed of lies. Don't go down too easy when you see your father crying. Have you ever clutched the steering wheel of your car too tight? Praying that the police sirens pass you by at night. So that's in reference to just police brutality and how you yeah. see, you know, just being nervous. You're in some areas. And I, I also want to mention another personal story. I got to see Prince perform the song at Paisley Park. That was mm. one of the best performances of that song because he really interrogated just that whole. It was in dedication of Freddie Gray. Freddie where, Gray, yeah. Yeah, he, we all had to wear gray. And he just mentioned he was oh, like, wow. this, yeah. So in this performance, he has a line where he says, um, you know, have you ever clutched it? He says the lyrics. And then he said, I haven't always lived in Chanhassen. <laughs> mm-hmm. He said, I used to live in Plymouth. And that's known to be a, the ghetto in North Minneapolis. It's not a good area. It's still to this day not a good area. So, like, he knew even then. Like, yeah, when I was a boy, when I was a young boy living, growing up in Minneapolis, and I was driving, I had to clutch the steering wheel. I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So it's like, these are the same things. He ain't, he ain't sleeping. And he even said, and this was the line of that night, he said, I'm going to have to keep one eye open like CBS so I can see your BS. BS, yes. Nah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes. Come on now. Prince doesn't curse yeah. that BS. Everybody know what BS BS is bullshit. I see your bullshit. You ain't coming at me with nothing new. <laughs> yeah. I love that one. <laughs> so speaking of uh, Freddie Gray, Baltimore. Baltimore. There we go. So that was one of Prince's later overtly political songs. Do you think it was optimistic or naive of him to produce that song? Well, I think Baltimore it shares the same vein as, you know, Prince is big about gun control, like Andy Christian, you know. Like he didn't really see a purpose of guns, but he in a way, I mean, I think he was kind of conflicted. That's why that song always kind of had me like, mm, I don't know, you know. I think he was more so just like, in Baltimore, the message was, 
what are we doing? You know, like mm-hmm. it takes so much. Like in order to get a driver's license, you got to go to school. You got to take a class. Why isn't the same treatment done for guns? We yeah. need to get the guns away. You know, like people are dying for no reason. There's no reason why this still should be happening. It kind of reminds me of Nina Simone, Baltimore. That's who we should dedicate. That's who we were going to dedicate this show to, by the way. Yes, and we Nina didn't Simone. do it. We just went. I'm so sorry, Nina Simone. No, I'm we so just sorry. We, we got you now. We got you now, Nina. Right on time. Speaking of Nina Simone. Baltimore, goddamn. That's what it is. No, Mississippi, <laughs> goddamn. I love that one, too. <laughs> Her version of Sign of the Times, though. Yes. And France, a skinny man, darling, these are the big names. It's <laughs> <laughs> a big name. <laughs> yeah. I just love how she was talking through the song. It was more spoken word. Mm-hmm. It, it was beautiful, and it's, it's Nina Simone's. I mean, you can't you can't argue with that. You can't argue. She was such a strong person with all the issues she went through. And she was diagnosed as bipolar. Uh-huh. And there was there was a performance she did. And I don't even think it's on YouTube anymore, sadly. But she did a performance of feelings. And it just makes me cry. She, the song is a feeling. She said, a person who, the person who wrote this had to have gone through so much to write a song like this. She just went through it and it was just, such a, a, a pained, emotional, just heart-wrenching version of the song. And she's berating the audience, being like, basically, y'all don't have any feelings? What are you doing? Like, the song produces some kind of emotions, and you don't have any. What's going on? And it was so beautiful. And that's what Nina Simone does. And I love Nina Simone because she did at a performance. She said... I'm not singing to you. I'm singing to black people. <laughs> like, she just, yeah. That's just what she did. She did that all the time. I'm not singing to you. I love Nina Simone. And I missed her by, I think, a month. I was in the UK. And she had performed there, I think, a month ago. Or either a month ago or a month after I left. And then she was gone soon after that. I was like, and she was another person you couldn't tell her what to do highly uncompromising she made the art she wanted to make after a point she was like prince she didn't say slave have it on her face but she was like no i was slave and now i'm gonna make the art i wanted to make and Uh could mess with her could not mess with could not mess with nina simone (laughs) and she actually did an interview she was on a boat she was like Yes, I'm African. I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes. Nina knew. Nina Simone knew what was up. So you can't. I I love how Europeans love her so much. But she was just like, whatever. <laughs> like, like, y'all gonna go see me, but you know where I stand. <laughs> but they loved her. And I'm really curious about that. I'm really curious about that. Oh, what it is about Nina Simone they love when she's like, I ain't talking to you, I'm talking to my people. I'm curious about that. <laughs> I, I want to see some interviews with people. I love her because she was courageous. I don't know what people would 
what qualities they would attribute to Nina Simone as to why yeah. they love her. But she was not compromising to no Europeans, that's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> so Nina Simone, we love you so much, Ashe. And that's we apologize for having the dedication late because we know you're like, why is it so late? Why? You make it early for everybody else. Why is it late for me? Right. No, we we got distracted. There was a lot going on. But she came through at the perfect time because, you know, everything is connected. Ain't we, this ain't no church service where you walk in and then there's the prayer and then you got the scripture and then you never know. The spirit have his way. Very, very true. Very true. I sing just to know that I'm alive. Boop, boop, boop. Yes. <laughs> yes, I love her. Oh, so, ooh, how can, how, how is that? A, what is that a segue to? My goodness. <laughs> oh, oh, sign of the times why not <laughs> yes well sign of the times is definitely I think a clear indication of what the song Chris is talking about the sign of the times mess with your mind heard before it's too late heard before it's too late yeah, Nate. 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 where you think Nate I don't from. know what that means I, that's one of the things that I, anytime I listen to that song, every time, I don't know what the ending means at all. I can't think of any reference to Nate. Why, if it's got to be a boy, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think that's just a way to be like, I'm not going to leave you with something too heavy, give you something to think about, but not as more important than, another, than the other things I said, like, you know. <laughs> so. Or... It's the sign of times we're going to die real soon. Let's have some kids. And that reminds me of the coup song, R.I.P. Ham the Functress, R.I.P. Um, they had a song called Baby, Let's Have a Baby for Bush, Do Something Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. So That's it's kind of, I, well, I see. <laughs> I I can I can definitely see the parallel, and I also want to say Prince did a lot of references of dancing or partying in relation to just the craziness. So there's right. 1999, there's Dance Electric, there's this sign of the times. You know, like it's all about like or even Crystal Balls. That's the one uh, that we should have just thought of. Prince has so many as bombs explode. <laughs> Ooh, let me hold on. I gotta just for a second. There's some. There are a lot of good lyrics in Crystal Ball, and I just thought of that song. <laughs> that song, that song was actually proof to me that that man could go toe to toe with Frank Zappa. Shoo. That song. Tell me. Yes. This man did it all. <laughs> I heard. But this. so as bombs explode around us and hate advances on the right, <laughs> the only thing that matters, baby, is the love that we make tonight. As little babies and makeup terrorize the Western world, the only thing that matters, baby, is love between boy and girl. And he talks about the soldiers drawing swords of sorrow, baby drawing pictures of sex all over the walls in graphic detail. It's, um, yeah, this song just goes a lot of different directions, but he's yes. saying, you know, it's just like, yeah, expert lover, have you seen the future? Ha! <laughs> <laughs> That's what the crystal ball is the future and systematic overthrow. Oh man, this is ridiculous. Ah. Reference and everything. <laughs> that was woo. <laughs> and then and then if you're kind of doing a naked listening, I'm saying that on purpose. 
<laughs> is this have you seen a crystal ball expert lover right like, expert lover. we already know what ball means you should right. like to ball so, so if you, uh, expert lover you see the crystal ball <laughs> <laughs> like all right dude <laughs> oh, man. let's get let's get together before we die from these bombs right I right mean, it mm-hmm. could go anyway it could go any anyway Whatever you want it. That's the last. That's why I love Prince and his lyricism. It's always a whatever you want it, man. <laughs> How you want it, man? How you want it? <laughs> so we're gonna go. Not exactly left field, but not a Prince song. But Prince had a lot to do with it. As trains go by, Judith Hill. Yeah. <laughs> Mention that so, as Mar- yeah as trains go by. <clears throat> I remember when I first heard that line, it's like, yes, yes. <laughs> when I heard that part, like, yeah, because it's such a subtle, again, a lot of us are told constantly how Martin Luther King, you know, we only stick to that one era, 63 of Martin Luther King. We don't go nowhere else. Mm-hmm. But you think of Martin Luther King and you hear him all the time as, oh, well, I just think we should be like Dr. King. And Yeah, well, while Dr. King is asleep, Brother Malcolm is awake. This time they won't plop on our piece of cake. Yeah. And friends, let our reparations shake. Everybody shake. No time to wait. No time so, to wait. <laughs> so, CeeLo Green and the Sierra Lights, I'm wondering what that's, especially in light of his accusations of rape and then saying, like, CeeLo Green and the Sierra Lights. Red light. I think that has to do with um, the voice. Because he was one of her um, judges. Oh. Was, yeah, 24. Remember that thing she was on? She was on that popular show, and he was definitely a part of it. Oh, that. was she? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. But that, that, see, I wasn't aware of that. And now, see, the context I have is really creepy. So whenever I hear that line, I'm like, oh, what are they saying? She looks green and then see red lights when he's been accused of rape and drugging women and red light. So. Okay, that makes more sense in the context of this song. <laughs> and especially, <laughs> yeah. I might as well be famous since I ain't going to be white. That makes yeah, there you go. more sense See? in the context yeah. of her being right. on the show. Right. But I didn't exactly. know she was on the show. Yeah, so. she was. She, okay. knew she was, she was almost a winner. I think it was just out of her and somebody else. That's how. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. she was really nearly almost one. That's why... Her story is even more. Um, and shout out to Judith Hill. I just sent her a message about her album, Golden Child. It's a really wonderful album. Her whole discography, Back in Time as well, is just amazing. So, Yeah, I got to interview her. She's really sweet. She's, She's really sweet. Really she worked with Michael and Prince. I Ain't know. A lot of people I know. Say that. Ain't a lot of people I know. Say that. Well, Stevie Towards Wonder the end of their that. lives, too. And Stevie, well, Stevie Wonder. Well, Stevie is like the prophet in the words of Michael. It's true. You know, okay. <laughs> and I guess I guess I guess Quincy Jones knows. No. Okay, but that's um, telling you that you're not what you can sing. Everything else here, but you're born to be calling you names while trying to make you cheat, shoot you dead, and leave your body out in the streets. And then, and then, wait, okay. This this part of my favorite line being from NYC. I'm like, yep, that's how can a chokehold never on TV still be okay with the NYC beauty? Mm. 1900s 
1965, really, they didn't, they didn't even go way back. They didn't, they didn't go even go away. I know they could. Right, 1863. They said 1965. Okay, that's that's 102 years later. <laughs> I thought we were free. <laughs> we talked about you. We talked about. They said 102 years later, we still ain't free. See? Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> You say 1863, we were supposed to be... No, it's... Oh, 1965. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, we ain't for yet. Oh, wait. It, it's 2012. Oh, wait. Oh, we, oh, we still ain't for... Oh, oh, man. Okay. <laughs> While Mara sleeps, Brother Malcolm is awake. Ugh. Mm-mm-mm. This time they won't plop on our piece of cake. All right, you know, that piece of cake. Right. It's like that lyric, though. And that, that leads us to We March, where Prince said... Mm. Um, if this is the same avenue my ancestors fought to liberate, how come I can't buy a piece of it even if my credit's straight? If all the water's dirty and I want to labor about my dammy, the river that I drank from, will it be the same as your mammy? Now's the time to find a rhyme. And then he says, um, there's a line where he says, uh, oh, the piece of cake, because he mentions cake in that song. Well, we have no use from ice cream. We have no use for ice cream without the cake. We ain't got no time for excuses. The promised land belongs to all. If you, if you, um, if you don't watch your back, you best believe another leader will fall. <laughs> the funny thing about this song too, Prince knew what was he knew what was going to happen because the opening for the song is. In Espanol, right? We see what's going on mm-hmm. where people despise not Europeans who speak, not Spanish people, right. Europeans. They despise mm-hmm. Costa Ricans, they despise Ecuadorians. Yeah, they, yeah that, that's, who, that's who people despise. Me- Mexicanos, they, they, they despise people who have a darker hue that happen to speak the colonized language of Spanish. If you look European in any way and you know, you want to be here, you might could get away with it because, oh, you look like one of us. You look like one of us. Don't you dare look like a Mexicano. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, and don't speak Spanish. Oh. Yeah, not, you can't speak that language in a public place. You, you're not supposed to do that. Oh, no. You speak English, don't you? Uh, do you? <laughs> yeah, don't be Boricua. Don't be Dominicano. Don't do that because... <laughs> So it's just—it's hilarious that a lot of people who love Prince don't pay attention to any, any of this. Stuff. They love the person they're not even paying attention to. Ain't that some shit? Right. Is this you the same avenue so my spot to liberty? Right. <laughs> exactly. These opening lines—do people just skip them? Right. Like this is the opening line. <laughs> he ain't wait till the chorus to say it. This is how he started off. <sighs> Is, uh, now it's time. Now is the time to find a rhyme that's got a reason to freeze the mind from angry thoughts to racist kind. If you don't want to change, then come on, get in line. <laughs> Next time we march, we're kicking down the door. See, Prince was all about we gonna make some noise. We ain't, right. we ain't gonna not say nothing. Make a sound. He was all about make a sound, <laughs> which is now such we- a good comparison because he's a musician too. So well, make there it. it is. But now we clarify forever. In other words, as long as it takes, we ain't got no use for ice cream without the cake. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> ain't got no time for excuses. And this, of course, was done with Nona Gay, whose father had the best album of all time and the first pop album, I'm calling it a pop album, to actually overtly make light of political issues and not light like, oh, make light of it, but but bring light to political issues like invasions of countries or environmental issues. It's the first pop album and what happened, Barry Gordy was like, I don't want to do what this uh, ain't gonna be. You talking about what's going on, huh? Yeah, that's the best album of all time. Hell yeah! (laughs) Oh, I remember hearing that album for the first time. I was riding my bike, and oh my goodness, I never got off that bike till till it finished, and I probably played it twice in a row. It was just like, what's happening, brother? Woo! That I I actually can't listen to that album because it makes me cry. Yeah, it always, it's an emotional. Whenever those, like, oh my goodness. And yeah, and so Nana Gay, she's singing that with him. Just like Love yep. Sign. Although I wouldn't say Love Sign is necessarily political, but nah. it does have a message of, hey, you know, put down the gun. Pop, 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 go to the pistol. Bang, 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 go to gun. Sick of evil knocking <laughs> on your door. Throw up the love sign once and forevermore. If you'd rather make love than have a little fun. Put up the love sign, everybody, and not the gun. Time is passing. <laughs> passing is time. We <laughs> <laughs> got uh, br- briefly. I want to know your views on "Hello" because that was a direct response to "We Are the World" as it said. Ooh, and that's what they people, say. People think it's an attack on Michael, but I no, honestly don't, I don't think, think so. I do think it was a critique of the overly superficial sentiment behind people do things like that. Thank you. And that's why people need to clarify that because, you know, Princeton wanted to, he told them that. He said, I tried to tell him because everybody, you know, they were reaching out to all of these musicians. Like, oh, you know, you should be a part of this weird world. And he's like, ah, I don't want (laughs) to sing. (laughs) I'll gladly write a song. And he did for the tears in your eyes, which Mm -hmm. is another powerful example of a political message yet also affirming you know, he's like, I, I write a song. And the Fatigues in Your Eyes is a really beautiful song. I really like that song. Yeah. They said, okay, <laughs> everything was good. But then they tried to, you know, until a camera tried to get in my bed. I was sitting pretty with a beautiful friend when this man tries to get in the car. Prince, come on, give us a smile, eh? <laughs> no introduction. How you been? Just up your smile. That's right. You're a star. So he's like, okay. And he's like, listen, this is the political and the important message. I'm not afraid to die because there's a better place to go. I eat what I want, whole wheat toast. Anything is cool, moderation, I'm happy, that's for sure. We're against hungry children. Our record stands tall. But there's just as much hunger here at home. We'll do what we can if y'all try and understand. A flower that has water will grow, and a child misunderstood will go. Hello. And didn't (laughs) Prince... The proceeds from the Purple Rain tour went to food banks, I think. Yes. So, <laughs> and so it's similar to what happened, speaking of 1984, the Victory Tour. So Michael donated all the all of his proceeds. I don't know about the other brothers, but he donated his proceeds uh-huh. to various organizations and gave people free tickets and stuff like that. And then the Bad Tour, Dangerous Tour, uh, the proceeds went to different organizations as well. So people don't understand 
how much Prince and Michael utilized their art to to and they made money in order to say, okay, now I can help people. If I didn't make this money, I wouldn't be able to help people in the way that I wanted to. There's a bigger mission uh-huh. for what I'm doing. Don't just say, hey, these songs are great. There's a bigger mission. <laughs> yeah, there's a bigger mission. So, yeah, Hello People tried to pit him against Michael with that song, but he understood what Michael's message was with the song, which is why he contributed a song to the We Are the World album. But yes. he'd be like, we, we are the world. He's like, no, no, there's... I don't want right, to exactly. put my face to that. To me, it's bigger than putting my face to it. But Michael, being a pop person and is about marketing, he looked on that side of it saying, well, if there were faces attached to it, people will buy it. And then we could have enough money to put money towards this cause. But Prince was thinking like, no, it's just about the cause. Like, I don't need the marketing behind it. Like, I already make enough money. Like, I don't need to... So they were both thinking of the same mission, but different ways of going about it. And so people then will go, oh, Martin and Malcolm. Yeah. <laughs> so, same same purpose, just different ways of going about it. Not bad. I just am more partial to the hello song, though. We Are the World's a bit too saccharine for me. It's a bit too maudlin. <laughs> I like the original demo, though, when it's just the piano. I like that. But the the produced version is too much. Too much. <laughs> That's all we got for you guys today. We'll be back with part two. Yeah, this is a part one because there's so many songs that Prince has done. It's just not going to fit one episode. So this is a shorter episode. But yes. we're going to come back with a part two and more songs. And we hope you enjoyed this one. <laughs> For sure. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Let us know what you think and what we should talk about. I'm pretty sure we're going to mention a lot of them after we get them all written down. We have so much. So much because Prince has so much music. So thanks for the inspiration, Prince. Just a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> Any last words? All I have to say, you guys, is if you haven't heard Avalanche, Shout, Family Name, give it a listen. <laughs> All I want to say is that they don't really care about who they are. us. <laughs> nah. I love that. Perfect. <laughs> Have a good day, people.